<laughs> and then I go up there and everyone's paying attention. Listening to Fair Point. I'm Nathan Capuser. And I'm Craig Lewis. And wow, we got a very trippy episode lined it's up. Crazy, for man. It's like way totally out there, dude. Oh, it's fucking nuts, bro. If you listen to the dark side of the moon while you're listening to this episode, it all sinks up. I don't know if that's true. Somebody out there try it, let us know. Um, but supposedly, if you do it with the Wizard of Oz, that's a different story. It actually story. works. Uh, we'll get into that a little later. Craig, you're back from Boston. I am. Do I look like I'm sunburnt? Uh, I, nah, I don't know. Not really. Nah, nah, because it was like same weather. Oh, okay. Cloudy most of the time. Humid, hot. But Boston was fucking great. It was, it was an awesome time. We actually uh, spent a lot more time in Salem. That's pretty awesome. It was like a very historical place. Awesome tiny little shops. Uh, lots of fun facts. I took a haunted history walk there. You know, talks about like all the witches and haunted places supposedly in Salem. That's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff I didn't know. But obviously, the meat of this is Boston. So I was in Quincy Market most of the day. Did you end up taking that tour, of Sam Adams? I did not. What about the bar from Cheers? Was there? Okay, went cool. to Cheers. Hung out with Norm for a little bit. Oh, yeah? Took a picture yeah. of them, yeah, too. Yeah, maybe we could po- post that up on Facebook. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this one was actually him? Yeah. Okay. While I was in Boston, uh, I saw a bunch of different street performers and stuff. One was a juggler, which by the time I finished watching her juggle, I wanted to hit her. It was, yeah, I was wow. like not impressed. I was like, go back to the circus. Wow. Join- so you wanted to inflict violence upon her? Uh, because she was Metaphorical violence. I did not put money into her little, you know how they they like put like a bag out or something and you toss, uh, toss money in there. I did not. Uh, one guy I did toss some money into was a keytarist on the streets. Keytarist? That's yeah, pretty cool. He was jamming out like no other man. Apparently, he can afford batteries. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had to give him my money. <laughs> I was like, "Here's a check. Write any amount on it that you <laughs> deem necessary." And I do have a surprise for you. Okay. Uh, I did run into one more street performer, and it was, you know, you've seen guys running around offering for people to buy their albums that they made themselves, rappers. Okay. Honestly, like, he was dressed very professionally. I have to say that. Like, I thought he was approaching me, asking me if I've seen God. You know, if like, <laughs> <laughs> like have, I, have I atoned with myself and, you know, are prepared for the afterlife? Okay. You know, but it was a rapper. And he, he was wondering if I had seen God and if I <laughs> no, had no, 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 no. He, he was like, 
you got to listen to this this guy. That's me on there. You know, you want to you want to give do you want to give it a try? Uh, you know, just want to are you into rap? I'm like, "Well, I'm a hard sell, my man, because I'm more of a metal guy." So, and he was like, "Okay, well, you know what? I work for my money. So, how about this? I perform a freestyle for you, and maybe if I impress you, you can you you can pass it on to one of your friends that like hip hop." And Sarah, my girlfriend, she just goes, "Ooh, Nathan." And he goes, yes, you can pass it along to Nathan. <laughs> he did a little freestyle rap for me. I was wearing a Batman shirt. He incorporated Batman into it. He incorporated your name into it. Oh, okay. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if you suck. This is my thoughts. I was just like, well done, sir. You know, here's $5. I will pass this on along to you. So you didn't actually say to him, you know what? I don't care if you suck. <laughs> yeah. You, you've earned this. You've earned this. So, you know, I, I gave him my five bucks and he gave me a copy of the CD and awesome. I'm passing it along to you. His name is Black Swan. Cool. Uh, he kind of does have a Tupac feel, just not, you know, being so, Tupac. So more like Tupac and less like yeah. the 2012 art house film. Yeah. Word. 15 tracks. Black Swan, people. Check him out. He convinced me. He actually earned my money more than the guitarist did. Now, if they had teamed up. That would be something to behold. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. But I did also go to the zoo there, Franklin Park Zoo. Cool. It's technically right outside of Boston, but it's like a mile outside of Boston. Any cool so animals there? There were some, you know, lions and tigers that were just laying around looking sad with captivity. Any bears? No bears. Oh my. <laughs> oh my indeed. <laughs> uh but there was this random peacock there were peacocks all over the place just walking around the zoo like out with normal people oh yeah that's yeah. pretty cool it was really cool like it was it was really weird they were, they were cool and then one stretched out its wings i got some awesome pictures of them and of course the most exciting endangered species that i ran into i did see dan callahan oh so there were bears but yeah i uh i saw him i ran up to him i actually got a little interview with him you know i, I was like sarah you need to be you're, you're my little camera girl. That, of course, was exactly what I told you you should do when you go to Boston. So and I did. That's fucking awesome. Um, I got a clip for him. We can play a little interview for everybody. All right. See what he's up to these days. Let's see, because, yeah, he hasn't gotten back to us. Dan Callahan, it's Craig Lewis from Fairpoint. Huh? Fairpoint? What the fuck is that, huh? What is this, uh, a news thing going up on the YouTubes? Uh, uh, no, it's a podcast. What the fuck's a podcast, huh? Like, well, it's actually kind of like a talk show, as long as it's not one of them Ridley Scott alien things. Uh, no, it's not. It's kind of like a talk show. And I was wondering if I could ask you a couple questions. I, I, I guess so. I don't got much time. I, uh, I got to get back to what I was doing. Uh, I'm a big fan of your show, and you haven't had a new episode in a while. I was wondering, uh, any, any reason for that? Honestly, I've been laying low for a while. Uh, I, I got in some trouble with with some hookers and some loan sharks and uh, well basically they want my legs. Oh, that's awful. So what? Have you just been hiding here at the zoo? Yeah, yeah. The first night I was, the first night I thought I could hide in those little pay dog holes, and, and that wasn't working out. So so lately I just been just hanging out in the giraffe pen. It's, it's kind of cool there. They they're, they're so tall. They don't even bother me anymore. But, but it, it, it's okay if we air this? Yeah, yeah. It's not like anybody listens to podcasts anyway. I mean, I've never even heard of one before. Nah. Okay. Before we get out of here, I just have to ask, uh, how's Tech Boy doing? What? Tech Boy? Who? Why do you care about Tech Boy? I thought you wanted to talk to me, huh? 
Which, I don't even, no, you know what, don't put this up on the YouTubes. It's the Dan Callahan show, the Boston man, not the tech boy scumbag from New York. He's still hanging out at home. My mom adopted him, and now I'm living here, a bunch of jab. You know what, I don't even want to talk about it. And I got to put up with losers like you. You're nothing but a fucking pisser. Just, just get out of my face now. His, his conversation's over. But, uh, but really, it's okay if you put it up. I, uh, I, I need to make some money, so if you got some money, I, I'd love some money. He's a very unique individual. That much is true. <laughs> that uh, was very, very awesome, very entertaining. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to catch back up with him. Uh, he was spouting some nonsense about not really like having any access to internet and sleeping with animals. Well, yeah, I heard. We, we just <laughs> listened to it. Thanks for recapping that for us. Lastly, at the zoo, I saved a rhino. Really? Yes. That's pretty heroic of you. It was technically a 6D, you know, movie adventure. Like, I'm as you tell me the story, it's going to slowly and slowly get less <laughs> impressive. Because right now, in my mind, you're just like pulling, like carrying this rhino as like a zoo exhibit explodes behind you. And, <laughs> and I didn't look back. <laughs> yeah, there's dirt smudged on your, you look like you just came out of Die Hard. Uh, yeah, we're going to go with that. That's how it happened. Okay. <laughs> Everybody, that is truth. Awesome. But also part of the money I paid to do it went to saving the rhinos, too. Oh, okay. Good foundation. And I'm a rhino lifesaver. I'm like a superhero to them. Yeah. They know the, they know the name Craig Lewis. They do. It doesn't get passed around lightly in rhino circles. <laughs> well, Or as I like to call them, rhinocircles. Rhinocircles. Oh, I get the pun there now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll go. Wait, go where? Where are you going? We got this podcast We got this, to do. Craig. Here I go. Here's my, here's my my notes. Let me just pass my notes along to you, Craig. <laughs> okay, we can't really do this, Nathan. I need you back. It doesn't work with one man. It really doesn't. Uh, I got some news for you, Nathan. That has just recently released and re- and surfaced. Okay. Uh, of course, we've talked about Edgar Wright before. Yes. He did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and he, and The World's End. Of course, yes, which I can't wait to Excited see. Excited to watch The World's End. It's coming out. More news about him has has come out on a script that he just recently finished. Oh, yeah? And he's been doing for about eight years now. Oh, really? And he actually paused and told you know the movie company, I'm putting this on a hiatus for a few years so I can write The World's End. I thought I, know, I, thought I knew where you were going with this. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. He has just finished the script to Marvel's character Ant Man. Awesome, yeah, that's where I, that's where I thought you were going with that. Fucking a, dude. I uh, I was never fully behind an Ant Man movie, but now that I know that Edgar, Edgar Wright, Wright's doing it, yeah, so it could be good. He could do for Ant Man what Kevin Smith did for Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh yeah, you think so? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I could maybe get interested in Ant Man. I mean, he's a big, he's an important character in the Marvel universe, so. They're also doing uh, Black Panther and Doctor Strange. It's official now. Yeah, Edgar Wright's doing it? No, but oh. Marvel Studios. Those are the next two big ones. Black Panther? Too. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. It's about time. Fox is talking about doing an X-Force movie on the Ooh. other side of the fence Now that's there. one of the variations of the X-Men, basically. Yeah, with Cable and uh, Wolverine and, you know, a lot of them people. Yeah. <laughs> I know who Cable is. <laughs> He's a cool guy. <laughs> 
And they also are pretty much in charge of whether or not there's a Deadpool movie. Ryan Reynolds really Foxes. wants there to be one, yeah. The script is actually completely finished, and Fox just thinks it's too big of a risk. Why not? Deadpool's fucking awesome. They don't think enough people know who he is, even though he's huge. He's he's a phenomenon right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the video game just came out. More people know who he is than, like... Ant-Man. Yeah, way more <laughs> than Ant-Man. The, the, the other deal is that... It's a it's an R-rated script, so they want a PG-13 movie because they don't oh. want to miss out on the teenage audience for superhero yeah. movies. He needs to have an R-rated. He, he's just too violent of a character. And obscene. Obscene. I guess that's the better word to put he it. He breaks the fourth wall. Apparently, he a actually lot. mentions the Wolverine movie in which Ryan Reynolds also played Deadpool. So, yeah. In the well, no, he... no. That wasn't Deadpool. And it wasn't a Wolverine movie. Oh, <laughs> Take that, Hugh Jackman. So Amazing Spider-Man 2 is coming out. I'm sure you've all heard about this. Yep. Paul Giamatti's The Rhino, Jamie Foxx's yep. Electro. And they're overstaffing the villains in this in that movie. Yeah, I've even heard rumors Stacking that Black Cat might be in it, which would be cool. There were some DLC announcements for Injustice that came out. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see it. Didn't see it for anything for it? Uh, there's a new skin for Green Lantern that's coming out. It's going to be Jon Stewart, so you can play as Jon Stewart. From The Daily Show? I feel like we've been over this before, Nathan. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Oh, okay. It would be way cooler yeah. if it was Jon Stewart from The Daily Show, though. <laughs> well, one of his powers be an insult? The powers of quick wit and... I don't know. Come on. What am I? Power Meister? I don't... Come on. I feel like I feel like you could bore you skins, to death. Craig? The only other one that's noted <laughs> is you could finally play as Martian Manhunter, oh, John cool. Jones. And that's a full like new character, somebody. right? Yep, it's going to be a full nice. new character. And Scorpion... Was that already released? Was Scorpion already released for Injustice from Mortal Kombat? Because um, I heard that Scorpion from Mortal Kombat was also being released as DLC. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It's already been released. That was released. Um, General Zod has been released. Uh, Lobo was released. That was one of the first ones. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to go and get that. I still have a few points left on my Microsoft card, so I'll probably go and get it. <sighs> Are you okay? Yeah, just uh, stretching. I thought an alien was about to burst out of your chest. <laughs> no, that's just the vo- that's just the sound I make when I stretch. Put you in a podcast. Uh, apparently, there's a recent study that showed that insects learn. Learn? Yes. Which which? Well, isn't their lifespan like days? Some at most. Some are longer than that, but they learn. And it was previously thought that only vertebrates could learn. So for the first time, they observed invertebrates. This is basically what what happened. Crickets were observed to change their behavior when they're being watched by other crickets. Huh. So when male crickets, if there's two male crickets just solitary, they won't really beef with each other. If there's other crickets watching, the male crickets are much more likely to be more aggressive, more violent, and... If they win and defeat the other one, which from a video I watched doesn't necessarily mean kill it. Apparently at one point the other cricket will give up. So it would be just uh, like Street Fighter. You lose. Yeah. And then they do a, a victory dance. More or less they start shaking their body around and they chirp out their own like distinctive song. Uh, the researchers actually described it as a touchdown dance. A touchdown and um, zone. And they really do that more when they're being observed, but not so much with the laboratory raised crickets. That's with crickets that they gathered in the wild. The ones that they raised pretty much in solitaire didn't react that way at all because it wasn't behavior that they had learned. Oh. I was trying to figure out how we were getting to the learn part. Yeah. That's that's 
crazy. So that just means that the lab-raised crickets are sad, sad souls. Well, they also don't fight. Maybe it's better. Peaceful, lobotomized. Yeah, it must must be better. Well, no, they weren't lobotomized. They weren't. They might they as well have been. Okay, they they were like drones. They didn't learn from their surrounding culture to be aggressive dickheads. But they're basically cultured sheep. No, they're not. They haven't. They haven't learned behavior because they were raised in a small little solitary box. Okay, we can debate the merits of raising crickets, but well, now that they, I know that they can learn. It's but immoral sheep, to raise them like that. If, a, if you mean sheep is in someone who goes along with a the crowd, then no, Craig, they're the exact opposite. No, the, what the people, what the lab people want them to do, be passive. That's not what they wanted them to do. They they were using that as the control. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, so a secret came out. We talked about ghost riders on the Animorphs episode. There is actually a famous person. Ghost riders? Yeah, like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Writer, not rider. <laughs> and even then, no. Okay, tell me if you have a guess for what famous author is penning under a ghostwriter's name of Robert Galbraith so or Galbraith. So they're ghostwriting for other people? No, they created a fake name and started a new series under that name. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a pen name. That's not ghostwriting. They made a fake name. Okay, yeah. Because they thought that they wanted to try their hand in, you know, being under somebody new and see if they could create a good seller. Okay. You know, based on their merits alone and not just their name. How many guesses do I get? One. Just one? Uh, I can't get a couple guesses? Come on. Yeah, just keep naming them. Well, no, you got to give me a number. Like, come on. Three. Three? Okay. And it's, okay, here are the clues. From England, Great Britain. Okay. And one other clue, this author created a whole world. Alan Moore. No. Rats. No, what? Rats isn't... No, that was was an exclamation of dismay. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know if he knows how this game works. Belgium. (laughs) No, that's a country. No, that's a landmark. Ashton Kutcher. That's an abomination. All right. um, Seriously, uh, Stephanie Meyer. No. Is she from England? I don't know. I don't think she JK is. J.K. Rowling? Yes. Oh, cool. I actually got one. You actually hey, I got it on my third got guess. Got it on the third guess. Last guess. Lucky you. J.K. Rowling. Yep. Harry Potter creator. Rolling, 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 <laughs> rolling. But it was just interesting. <laughs> We're going to pretend you didn't do that, too. It was not 1999. Uh, why the fuck are we talking about J.K. Rowling? <laughs> it was a crime novel called The Cuckoo's Calling. And apparently... I like that title. It had only sold around 1,500 copies in hardback. But once it came out that it was actually J.K. Rowling, the sales skyrocketed, of course. So there, you have your answer, J.K. Rowling. It's just because you're J.K. Rowling. And you made Harry Potter. But it's okay. If you ask me, you should just keep rolling, rolling, rolling. What? (laughs) Rolling, rolling, rolling. Ah! Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Expelliarmus! Oh, man. Awesome. Okay, so we're done rolling. Uh, apparently, we've discovered the world's oldest full genome sequence, a 700,000-year-old horse. A genome? Like the one little things on the lawn? <laughs> no. Why did we discover genomes? <laughs> they do exist. <laughs> That's pronounced the gnome. The G is silent. He's always been a G. <laughs> Basically, our first full like DNA sequence a 700,000-year-old horse. But like I said, that's not really what I'm 
here to talk about. So what part of this news that you just told me I don't is know, what it you're was here relevant. to talk about? I thought you'd like to know. Uh, <laughs> we recently discovered new information about a dinosaur, which is awesome whenever that happens. A dinosaur? Archaeopteryx, which was that really bird-like dinosaur with all the feathers. Oh, Although yeah? most dinosaurs were finding out. We found out T-Rex had feathers a couple of years ago. Now, Yep, a lot of dinosaurs but, had feathers. Yeah, but Archaeopteryx was the well-known main one. Uh, it was we, the first. We found out what color its feathers are. They were like light white colored with black tips. It looked kind of like a magpie. A magpie? Yeah. They're the birds that steal oh, stuff. Oh, okay. They steal shiny objects. Oh, yeah, the magpie. And hoard them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally knew what that was, yeah. Do you think the dinosaurs did too? Do you think they stole like watches and coins and could. chains and hidden? Change? Ch- and change, yeah. Got change. And a change. So they figured out the color of the feathers by finding a 7,000 year old horse. No, that was a separate unrelated story. So we're completely off of that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I know 700,000. I, I thought you were connecting the two, like they're one. I guess I, guess I could have segued by saying. That that makes us that much closer to making dinosaurs happen, but seven hundred thousand years ago isn't even touching sixty five million. So no, not not quite. You know what's interesting? The dinosaurs, most of them, were actually separated from each other by more years than we were separated from, like T Rex, for example. Really? Like we actually lived closer to T Rex than I think the Triceratops. Don't quote me on oh, that. but because of the different periods. They're completely yeah. different periods. Dinosaurs were around for a long fucking time. Just the facts. Dark Side of the Rainbow is the common name given to the film produced by replacing the audio of 1939's The Wizard of Oz with the 1973 Pink Floyd album The Dark Side of the Moon. I would like to point out right now before we get too deep into this that members of Pink Floyd have repeatedly stated that they did not record Dark Side of the Moon to match with The Wizard of Oz, but nobody associated with the production of The Wizard of Oz has ever stated on record that they did not create that movie to go to coincide with the dark side of the moon. I, I hear you there. Nobody has. Just I, saying. It's, it's possible that Just the people saying. that made The Wizard of Oz did it to match up with It's very possible. It's, ve- it's, it's more than possible. As a matter of I fact, mean, considering... I'm coming right out and saying that's what I believe. That's what you believe in your heart. Yes. In your heart that a movie made. In my heart of hearts, which I don't know exactly what that means, but I think it means like the heart deep down within your heart, which is even more important, I guess. I don't know. In the heart of hearts, deeper down than the real heart of Georgia? No? <laughs> Heartception. So obviously, if you haven't heard, you play the dark side of the moon along with the Wizard of Oz, supposedly it syncs up. We've all heard this. But eerily, I mean, you've seen it, right? I did. I watched it recently, actually, for the first time. Uh, it did sync up a lot. But I'd never done this, and I'd always kind of wanted to, and I finally did. Yeah, I think the movie is probably one of the greatest movies made. Yes, as a film, it's fantastic. I don't think it does justice to the book series. Right. But it is a fantastic piece of film, a fine example of filmmaking. Absolutely. And the fact that they made it to match up with Dark Side of the Moon. (laughs) Just blows my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So 
originally discussion of this originally appeared in about 1994. It showed up on a Usenet discussion group. Usenet, of course, being the main way that people would use the internet to talk to one another. Back in the then. 90s, yeah, like chat and Except message for boards. using AOL chat rooms. Yes, this was before AOL chat rooms. Before. This was like 1994. You got to keep in mind when Dark Side of the Moon was released, there was no way for people to play it alongside Wizard of Oz unless they waited for a television broadcast. So right, not yet. Was there, the VCR wasn't invented yet, was right? No. But even then, it would be synced up with commercial breaks and, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that would definitely throw it off. So there's there was no possible way to watch it synced up until at least the 80s. Yeah, the advent of the VCR. And then apparently people were – somebody had to start – had to start with one person or, or a group of people. There was no way right. more and than one person obviously discovered Obviously, they were this. on some sort of hallucinogenic at the time. Probably. Mind-altering substance. I had to say, when I was watching this too, I was thinking, I was like, man, if, if you did do like acid or something and watch this, that really had to be an experience. There's just certain parts like all the bells in time go off and Miss Gulch rides up on her bike – that would probably fuck with your head, I would have to imagine. Yeah, I, I, don't know. I could only imagine. That's that's something I would never touch. Yeah, I've never done it. I would acid, love to so hear I, an experience from somebody that has and done this. But that's about as close you as have I want to get to that. Share it with us. If you have any experiences, share them with us. Please. Facebook.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. So people started discussing it online sometime in the early to mid-90s. And eventually in 1995, an article was published about it in the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. Which, Which is obviously a widespread national oh, yeah. news source. But then in 1997, MTV ran a segment about it. So Okay, so that that's where it finally got all the mainstream attention. Yeah, that's that's really when it started kicking off, and all those people that told you about it in high school had probably heard about it. And then all the stoners immediately went right to their Pink Floyd albums. Yes. Boston radio DJ George Taylor Morris also. I think he probably predated the MTV airing. He He talked about it on air. Of course, like I said, the band has consistently denied it. Uh, on that MTV segment, the drummer Nick Mason jokingly said, it's absolute nonsense. It has nothing to do with The Wizard of Oz. It was all based on the sound of music. You sound like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, I don't do a good English accent. <laughs> Bad impersonations, that's what we do. Yes, yes. <laughs> Craig, you've seen it, right? Yes, yes I have. What were your impressions? Uh, it was very eerie to me that because i went in knowing that they didn't intentionally do it supposedly i don't i really don't think they did okay well i kind of think they might have okay but there's definitely a lot of stunning fucking coincidences which definitely. we will get into in a minute but i i honestly just think i was in awe for most of the time watching it just like and then you know even when it didn't sync up it was like i'm still jamming out to pink floyd and a lot of it people don't notice if they're not really familiar with the film and what certain characters are saying or talking about at certain points, or you know what I mean, the the, the if they're not really familiar with the album and the themes of the album, you know, if you don't know this stuff going in, it might just a lot of it might be lost on you. Which isn't to say yeah. it makes it any more complicated. It can still be enjoyed. There's still sequences that a lot like, of themes run together between yeah. the two. Definitely, uh, the album is 43 minutes long. And the movie is, of course, 101 minutes long. So it doesn't play for the whole movie. That would kind of be hard. Yeah, some people have suggested playing it back-to-back. Which is how I watched it. It, it was already synced up on a DVD together. I feel like that's a little silly. No one, You don't listen to the same album back-to-back. Well, and yeah, like, I mean, it could get kind it, of repetitive. Yeah, to me it's like feeling. you're reaching at that point. But things that didn't sync up seem to sync up the second time through. 
See, there's debate about where to start it, but the commonly accepted one is that you start it on the third roar of the MGM Lion, right at the beginning. That's when you start the album. Uh, if you if you start on the second roar, supposedly the second time around the album plays, it matches up perfect. But when you start on the third roar, the first time around the album plays, it matches up perfect. Interesting. I personally just watch it playing the album once. so And then just stopping the movie halfway through and being like, yep. well... I'm done with that now. That's the project. Yeah, not gonna I mean, finish it. I think it's kind of silly to play the album again. Like, come on, I don't know. That just means you're a quitter. No. <laughs> uh, apparently, more recently, people are saying that you can play Adam Hart Mother along with Sam Raimi's Oz the Great and Powerful. Adam Hart Mother. Yeah, another Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd release. Really, with Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, supposedly it's really, really good. Supposedly it's even better than. So now maybe the people that made that Wizard of Oz did that intentionally. Maybe I don't know. They also, and this one supposedly is way more impressive. It's actually widely believed that they did intentionally make Dark Side of the Moon to match up with 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, a lot of people know that Echoes matches up with the second half of 2001 Space Odyssey. And if you put Dark Side of the Moon to the first half, supposedly it, it goes perfectly. I haven't tried really? that, and there's a lot of stuff to be said about so that. They so they made the Dark Side of the Moon to sync up with Space Odyssey? Well, Roger Waters has publicly said that one of his biggest regrets is not being able to do the score for 2001. And they were scoring movies, so... Yeah. And supposedly the Echoes thing is so perfect that it's like almost without a doubt that they did it. With the second half of the movie. Yes. So why does this happen? Of course, there's the theory that Pink Floyd did it intentionally. They could have afforded to get a projector. They were scoring movies. It's totally feasible that they did it. But I don't think so. It's very possible. I don't think so. So you're in the camp. You're just like, I think they would take credit for it if they actually did it. Maybe. Yeah, I honestly do think at this point, maybe they would have. Why not? But there's also the theory that it has a lot to do with Jung's theory of synchronicity. Synchronicity? Yeah. I like that word. Which, you just like the way it sounds? Yes. Flows right off the tongue. Synchronicity. Things happening that don't seem to have any logical connection, but but do have meaningful connection. Like, let's say, like, let's say right now we were talking about, I brought up a stand-up comedian, and then, like, out of nowhere, a stand-up comedian just crashes through the window. Like, I mean, that that's is, kind of a random... What are you thinking that to? I, that's kind of a random... I'm sorry. Let me let me give you a better example. Like, let's say right now I bring up our friend Joe, and I'm like, man, haven't heard from Joe in forever. Yeah. And then my phone rings, and it's Joe. That's a big example of synchronicity. Like, you talking about Lizzie Borden with your friend all day, and then me randomly texting you... That's an exact example of synchronicity, about yes. About Lizzie Borden. While Craig was in Boston, as he was talking about earlier... I was working, and as we were closing up shop at work, we started talking about Lizzie Borden. Had, that doesn't come in conversation a lot. Nope, not usually. Yeah, and then I uh, clock out of work, I pull out my phone, look at my first text message on there, and it's a text from Craig saying, hey, what's the name of that girl from the 1800s or whatever that chopped up her family with an axe? It was on and the tip of my tongue. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then it made sense because he was in Massachusetts, she's from Massachusetts. He was trying to figure out, none of that was on my mind. <laughs> That's a perfect example of synchronicity. Yeah. Wow. Of course, a lot of people also just attribute it to apophenia or just, you know... Is that a disease? Well, no. It's it's like the mind's tendency to recognize patterns in meaningless random data. 
because oh. the mind is built to recognize patterns and you know to right. figure that shit out. So sometimes it sees things. Kind of sound like a blood disorder. Uh, Blackbuster Buster has it. He talks a lot about his apophenia. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> oh, he does recognize a lot of random shit. Yeah, he, he's brought it up repeatedly. He's like, that's just my apophenia acting up. <laughs> if you haven't seen Blockbuster Buster, check him out. Reviews Definitely. shitty movies. It's pretty good. Shitty Blockbusters. Takes him down a peg or two. Uh, also, while we're talking about things syncing up, the angry video game nerd, James Rolfe, another internet reviewer. This one does shitty games. Angry video game nerd. Uh, I'm sure you've seen... Yeah, very popular. If yeah, you listen very to popular. podcasts and you've never heard of Angry Video Game Nerd... Who are you? You should check him out, though. He One of his reviews was The Wizard of Oz, the video game. For NES, right? For NES, yeah. And obviously, shitty-ass game. Maybe some people don't know that he intentionally made that video to sync up with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. If you start it with the third roar of the lion from the beginning. Yes, which is amazing. There's clues in the beginning... He has the Roman numerals for the year yep. Wizard of Oz was released, or for the year the game was released, and for the year Dark Side of the Moon was released. Each time the lion roars, a little one, two, three, oh, like three. in Roman numerals, pops up, and then like that's when you start it. That's one of his best episodes. It's a classic yeah, episode. It's, it's a hilarious. great episode. It holds up. And who knew that he also made that sync with an album? How do you, like, without compromising the quality of the episode? Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's one thing you got to factor in. And it's really striking. Like, it's obvious he did it. Like, there's parts where the lion laughs right as the people laugh. It's obviously just with the first four songs of the right. album. But, well, it's, yeah, it's an 11-minute video. Yeah, fucking, fucking great, though. It's so cool how it, how it lines up. He, he actually has a detailing of all the coincidences on the site. He does on his website. Cinemasker.com. Uh, keep a lookout in the background too. He mentions this and I wasn't sure if he was fucking with us cause I couldn't find it, but ROB Rob, the Nintendo robot hangs himself in the background huh. as an homage, huh. of course, to the hanging munchkin huh. in the background of wizard of Oz. Or was it a bird? We'll get into that in a little bit too. Yeah. I looked, I watched the video three times trying to find that scene and I did find it. You finally found it. Yeah. We shouldn't uh, spoil this for anybody who hasn't done it yet. Yeah. I thought about revealing on the episode where it was to make it easier for people to find it. But honestly... It's all part of the fun is finding yeah, it yourself. Yeah, it's, it's part of the fun. So just trust us. It's there. I promise. And, and it's rewarding when you finally see it. Okay, so let's go a little more in depth into this and do a little track-by-track track analysis. Obviously, we start with the third roar of the lion is when you hit play on the, on the, the CD player. Or mp3 player or ipod or whatever you're using yeah fuck it put it on a record player let's get real with this then you got to find a copy of dark side of the moon which i'm pretty sure you can find at best buy yes and you're going to want to drop your acid on the first roar of the line right <laughs> uh we kid we kid obviously you're going to want to start your acid much earlier than that <laughs> now as we start up the first track speak to me take note of the cd cover that prism with the light going into it and, and coming out as a rainbow. Out. Yeah, that's kind of uh, indicative of Dorothy leaving Kansas and going to Oz from black and white to color. Yeah. So, as Speak to Me begins, you know, with that heartbeat, the helicopter sounds, yep. all that. All the noises. People talking. And, of course, a lot of the pieces that you hear in Speak to Me, you're going to hear again in later uh, yeah. songs. Other songs. Which almost reminds me of her seeing... The people later on in Oz. And it also reminds me that this is happening throughout the opening credits. 
of people you're going to see later. It's painting a picture of the, what's to come. Right. You know? Then the opening chord of Breathe comes in right as the credits fade to the producer credit. It, it sounds perfect. It goes perfect. The credits end. The little dedication plays. And then, of course, we see Dorothy in Kansas. Yep. Uh, some interesting coincidences. The first one, the first big one I noticed is one that I don't think most people even think about because this is something I notice as a fan of the books. It, it says, leave, but don't leave me as she's talking to Auntie M and Uncle Henry. Yeah. Who I told you back in the Animorphs episode, she ends up taking... Them to Oz. Yes. Takes them along with her. Also, it also kind of makes me think of how she sees all the workers and everything, you know, and Miss Gulch and everybody. So she does leave, but she kind of brings these notions of these people along with her. Yeah. And, you were there, and you were there. You know? Yep. Um, another little one that a lot of people point out, look around, choose your own ground, as she stops talking to Auntie M and Uncle Henry and starts looking around, trying you know, to find somebody, yeah. to, somebody to agree with her, and goes off to the workers. Uh, also, I just kind of like the line, all you touch and all you see is all your life will ever be, kind of, I don't know, plays into the whole theme for me in some way I can't explain. It It's one of those things you just feel right and like a lot of the theme of the song has to do with work and and she's talking to the workers on the farm you know while they're doing their work yeah the daily grind and all that um another big one that people seem to notice is when she's balanced walking across the fence says balanced on the biggest wave i remember that one too and then race yeah. towards an early grave, and she falls off right, the fence. Right. And that's when the frantic music on the run kicks in, and all the fucking workers start running up to help her and scoop her up out of the pen. Yep. So throughout On the Run, there's also a part when she's sitting there talking to the workers, and Auntie M comes up to start scolding them for not working. Yeah. And right as Auntie M starts talking, one of these vocal clips you hear a lot throughout the album starts. Kicks in. Yes, which is... uh. A flight announcement at an airport, which says, have your baggage and passport ready, and then follow the green line to customs and immigration. She's getting her ready to leave. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. She's going to be taking a flight to Oz soon. So the workers get up, start walking away, and you hear footsteps, frantic, like running footsteps as they're getting up to walk away. You also hear somebody say, here for today, gone tomorrow, that's me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Right as she starts singing over the rainbow. Here for today, gone for tomorrow, that's me. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha, don't forget the Maniacal laughter, yeah. Also, it's worth noting, Over the Rainbow and On the Run, OTR, same initials. And uh, as the music of On the Run fades out, you see rays of sunshine coming down from the clouds. Then, of course, those loud, obnoxious bells at the start of time kick in. And oh, we yes. see that ornery bitch Miss Gulch riding up on her bicycle to start some shit. She's always starting shit. She, oh, God. She's always trying to evict people. Seriously. And that was also really cool when the bells kick in and, you know, it's just like, a, ah! <laughs> you know, like, it's it's alarming, even though you know the bells are coming in. Yeah, it really is. It goes so perfectly together that it's ridiculous. Then, of course, there's this tense tick-tock, 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 yep. you know, of the, the opening percussion of that song as this big, tense showdown between Miss Gulch and Annie M and Uncle Henry and Dorothy is is taking place, and nerves are high. and Yep. Yeah, which definitely sets the mood. A lot of the fading between outdoor and indoor really works well at that part, too. And then, of course, she's riding away with Toto in the back of the bike. 
Which reminds me, why if you're trying to kick somebody out of their place, you can legally take their animal? Because <laughs> movies were fucked up. People Life like, was fucked up. They're like, oh, well, uh, I'll take your dog now as a down payment. You think they could really do that? Back then, maybe. No, I think it's because her dog ran and tore up her garden. Oh, yeah. Stupid Toto. Hey, 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 hey. Well, also, why would you just want to take the dog? Like, tore up her garden, so here, I'm going to take it, and now it's mine. I'm going to train it for you. She was tired of it. She was going to get rid of it. Old-fashioned way. Drop a house on it. (laughs) So as they sing, kicking around on a piece of ground in your hometown, Toto jumps out of the bike onto the ground. And then in, uh, in Toto's hometown. Yeah, it is in his hometown too. <laughs> yes, and then waiting for something or someone to show you the way, and Toto finds his way back home, jumps into the window to see Dorothy, who's sitting there waiting for him. Yeah. And then of course, tired of lying in the sunshine, staying home to watch the rain, as Dorothy's kind of deciding to run away. Uh, no one told you when to run, right? As she's taking that path out, you know, and the camera's trailing up behind her. Yes. But as the bridge of the song comes up, Dorothy's crossing a bridge. Then that killer guitar solo comes in. This See? is really such a great A metaphorical album. bridge in the song Yes, leads to her crossing an actual bridge, a literal yes. bridge. She's meeting Professor Marvel, and uh, he's telling her her future. And the theme kind of has to do with time, you know? And yeah. they sing, you run and you run to catch up with the sun. But it's sinking as she's getting her future read. And then as as he starts telling her what's going on back at the farm and as she starts realizing maybe she doesn't want to run away they sing home home again i like to be there when i can as the breathe reprise comes on in and then she decides not to run away and she leaves as the song ends this is when the great gig in the sky starts of course and that's when the twister comes great gig in the sky twister it all makes sense to me yeah and this is one of the most impressive parts of the movie if you only watch one part of the movie, watch this. It's crazy. The musical cues all go with the timing. The wailing of the female singer totally is in time with Dorothy screams of fright or right. looking for her family. Also, the song is about death. This is also as Dorothy's falling asleep to go into this. You could also view this as a classic myth about death and rebirth, right. which is we'd be here all night. But uh, there's quotes... And I am not frightened of dying. Any time will do. I don't mind. Why should I be frightened of dying? There's no reason for it. You've got to go sometime. And then, of course, uh, when Dorothy's in the house and Miss Gulch appears in outside the outside, window when she's up the bike, in the yeah. twister, yeah, it says, I never said I was frightened of dying. And then Dorothy kind of passes out. The wailing kind of stops. She starts falling asleep. The music calms down. Gets more frantic when she wakes up, sees the witch, and then the house lands, and the song just kind of fades out and calms down. This would be the point where side A of the album finishes, if you were listening on a record. Right. And this is also the point when Dorothy opens the door, and it changes from black and white to color, and And she is in Oz. kicks you right in the face. Side B starts, and they're now in Oz. And you're starting to hear this, the cash register noises of money starting up as she's looking kind of confused. And then right as she kind of smiles in delight at all this beautiful color she's seeing, the music kicks in. It's pretty cool. Upbeat, bringing you back from that. And she's like in a land of wonderment, of course. And then this pink bubble starts floating up with Glinda the Good Witch, and it says, don't give me that do-goody-good bullshit. Is that what she said? 
That's what the lyrics say. Oh, I thought you were saying that's what Glenda said. <laughs> no, no, Glenda's the good yeah. witch. Yeah, don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> don't give me that goody good bullshit for the good witch. Right. Uh, the Munchkins, as they're kind of creeping out and following her, and then he goes, "Money, get back!" And they all kind of jump take a back. step back. Yeah. Also, I think it's worth noting as she's talking to Glinda, and I don't know if this is at the moment she's talking about how she needs to get home, but I know that she expresses to Glinda that she needs to get home. And he says, uh, I'm in the high fidelity first class traveling set, and I think I need a Learjet. Hmm. Do any of the lyrics in the songs point to vibrant cardboard backgrounds? No. They were like all painted backgrounds. In the yeah, movie, right? big painted backgrounds. It was all inside. On stage, yeah. yeah. On set, I mean, not on stage. There's a part where Dorothy just really gesticulates big time and like kicking the guitar solo into high gear, and then the munchkins start kind of dancing and moving to it. To the guitar? Yeah. Just jamming out. I noticed that he says, they say something about share it fairly as the munchkins handing Dorothy flowers. Uh, and then when Dorothy starts talking to the mayor of Munchkinland is when this speaking part starts in, in which there's two people talking back and forth. Haha, <laughs> I was in the right. Yes, absolutely in the right. I certainly was in the right. It was definitely in the right. That geezer was cruising for bruising. Yeah. <laughs> what does anyone do anything? I don't know. I was really drunk at the time. <laughs> I was just telling him. He couldn't get into number two. He was asking why he wasn't coming up freely after I was yelling and screaming and telling him he wasn't coming up more freely. It came as a heavy blow, but we sorted the matter out. So yeah, forgive our forgive our horrible, horrible English accents, especially mine. Um, but that's interesting. You know, Dorothy didn't mean to kill the witch, but they tell her, you know, the witch had it coming. Yeah, and, she really did. You know, you were in the right, you know. That was like a little British argument talking about being in the right when she killed the witch. Yeah, I don't know. I was drunk at the time. Like, you know, Dorothy didn't know her house just fell yeah. on her. Like, it was yeah. just kind of... So it's then, of course... Something that happened. Then uh, Us and Them starts up as the dude walks up opening the certificate of death. And then this haunting tune of Us and Them starts. Uh, the ballerinas come out as the lyrics start up. It, it says, Us and Them, and after all, we're only ordinary men. And these are kind of the different guilds of Munchkinland right. introducing themselves to her as an outsider, you know, being welcomed into Munchkinland. And then they say, like, and you, as he hands her the lollipop. God only knows it's not what we would choose to do. And he makes almost a little gun gun motion, motion. yeah, with his finger. Bang, the, bang. You know, thanking her for killing the witch for them. Yep. <laughs> bang, bang, yeah. <laughs> uh, the music and singing swells as they really start selling it. And then the witch comes in a burst of flame and all the music dies down. And then as there's these two witches sharing the stage, they say, and who knows which is which? And who is who? They say, uh, up. And the Wicked Witch is pointing her broom up and down. And then she's pointing her broom down at her fallen sister. Right. And then, haven't you heard, as Glinda's whispering in Dorothy's ear, it's a battle of words. And, of course, the witches are both having a battle of words, shouting back and forth at each other. And then as the Wicked Witch starts warning Dorothy to stay out of her way, they say, listen, son, said the man with the gun, there's room for you inside. Inside of where? Well, I mean, just think of that as, like, they're outside with the guns, and it's right. like, listen, stay out of my way. You can go inside and leave this to us. So the Wicked Witch leaves, and these words are spoken as Glinda tells Dorothy what she must do. Well, I mean, they're going to kill you. So, like, if you give them a quick shot, 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 <laughs> they don't do it again, dig it? I mean, he got off light. 
because I could have given him another thrashing, but I only hit him once. It's the only difference between right and wrong, isn't it? I mean, good manners don't cost nothing, do they? Eh? <laughs> so, uh, while that's going on, it kind of looks like Linda says good manners don't cost nothing, do they? And Dorothy shakes her head right after it. Yeah. So, which is really cool, talking about the witch, you know? And then, uh, they go down, and then they say, and out, right as the witch, Glinda, turns into her pink ball and starts floating away. And the music is just so perfect as they're all dancing off down the road. Of course. And then, any color you like fades in right as the scene fades out from Munchkinland to Dorothy walking down the yellow brick road with the cornfields on her side. That's when she meets the scarecrow. Okay. And that's a pretty cool, you know, little scene. The wacky style of the music really fits, like, the Scarecrow's Yeah, the way he bounces around. Because yeah. he definitely doesn't, like, move and walk and talk like somebody normal. It's really yeah. animated and weird. And uh, He starts singing If I Only Had a Brain during Any Color You Like. But he's still singing it by the time Brain Damage starts. I guess it would have been a little cooler if Brain Damage started right when he starts singing it. But, hey, I'll take it. Maybe if he started it on a second roar, it would. Maybe. So uh, they also say the lunatic is on the grass, and this is like right as the scarecrow falls and hay falls out of him. Yeah. She's pushing the straw back into him, you know, grass, straw, I don't know. That's kind of tenuous, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, got to keep the loonies on the path. And they're both on the path, you know, on the yellow yeah. brick road. They're sitting on it. It um, all makes sense. And as they get up and they're dancing off away, and the scarecrow falls down. The song laughs at him. He gets back up. Falls down again. The song laughs at him again. That's pretty yeah, interesting. That's... Then they come across, you know, those trees. The dickhole fucking ass, asshead trees. Oh, the ones that are jerks. Yeah. And Dorothy goes to pick an apple, and it scolds her, you know? So as she reaches and plucks an apple, it says, There's someone in my head, but it's not me. Which is the sentiment of this tree. Somebody digging around in his head, and it's not yeah. him. Get the fuck out of my head. Those apples aren't for you. <laughs> They're only for me to eat. I eat what I produce. Ooh, you just took it to a really weird place. I really did. Self-cannibalism. As Dorothy wanders off and starts discovering the Tin Man, you know, she's... Not, Knocking she's, on him. Yeah, she finds him. She's trailing up his leg and looking up. The speaking starts right as she finds him, which says... I can't think of anything to say, except it marvelous. And then he laughs. <laughs> and then the final track, Eclipse, kicks in as Dorothy and the Scarecrow start marveling over the Tin Man. They say, all that you touch, Dorothy grabs the Tin Man's arm. And all that you see, Dorothy and the Scarecrow start looking around frantically trying to find the oil can. And all that you taste, Dorothy grabs the oil can. And, and she drinks it? She's... <laughs> well, no, but she's using it to oil his mouth. Yeah. And then there's a heartbeat very faintly. As Dorothy's knocking on his chest and trying to listen for a heart. But he has no heart. <laughs> but he did all along. And it says, and everyone you meet, and Dorothy kind of shakes his hand. Like she's trying to loosen up his joints, but it totally looks like she's shaking his hand. And then uh, the very final line of the album, you hear somebody say, There is no dark side in the moon, really. Truth is, it's all dark. Thank you, Michael Caine. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to think British, and all I could think of was Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, and that's said right as the Tin Man shakes his head. There is no dark side of the moon, really. Pretty fucking pretty cool, and that's that's where it ends, as they meet the Tin Man. 
just yeah is the heart of the story it's 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 pretty cool all in all honestly honestly i was a lot more impressed than i thought, thought i would be. be i didn't read a list of coincidences before i watched it and i noticed like 90 percent of them yeah on my own and there was a few things that i read afterwards that i didn't notice before i watched it the first time i didn't think i, I was going to be that blown i was like this can't really you know whatever come on come on come on come on dude come on dude come dude on. come on Dude, 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 come on, come on, dude, come on, come on, dude. Oh God, I've created a monster, dude. Come on, just how do I shut it off, dude, dude? (laughs) All right. So right as right as this ends, they're meeting the Tin Man, and as some of you may know, there is a very infamous scene that takes place. Is this the one where the bird stretches its wings? It may or may not be, Craig. It may or, or may is not this be. the one where there's a creepy silhouette of a munchkin hanging, right. swaying? First of all, forever swaying. Craig, first things first, let's get something straight. Everybody knows a munchkin didn't actually hang himself in the background of The Wizard of Oz. It was just a cardboard stand-up of Ted Danson. Or was it the Sandhill Crane? <laughs> That's actually the more likely thing. So, okay, if you haven't heard, the story is that supposedly a munchkin actor one of the actors playing the munchkins they prefer to be called little people not in oz in oz they're munchkins but in reality he was a depressed little person and decided to take his life yeah he he tried to court one of the female actors playing a munchkin and well female actors you know actresses uh playing them <laughs> playing a munchkin and uh i guess she was a bitch to him yeah, or just wasn't really it, just wasn't having it and he went and hung himself. Rumor is you can see him in the background hanging himself right after they meet the Tin Man. So when I was a kid... Was it Miss Gulch that he was after? <laughs> when I was a kid and I heard this, you know, I heard it on the playground. I went to the library and read about it. There was no internet. I couldn't just look it up, go YouTube, Munchkin hanging scene. Yeah, so immediately your first thought is, this is going to be in my school library. Well, I would always read books about the unexplained, you know, so I read a, I read about it and I went home, found my VHS tape, and I just kept watching the whole scene with the Tin Man, all I knew was when they met the Tin Man. So I'm watching that whole like 10-minute scene, however long it is. I finally see something in the background, and at first I'm like, holy crap. And then I look at it, and I'm like, that's a bird. <laughs> uh. It's clearly a bird. There's a crane that's wandering around the scene, and that's very obviously what's in the background. Is it a fake crane? No, it's a real bird. It's a real crane that's walking around back there. Ducks down, pecks at the ground a little bit, stretches its wings. It's so they very just had obvious. a real bird around the set. Well, apparently they had a bunch of birds brought in from the Los Angeles Zoo because they were filming inside, but they wanted to make it seem more outdoorsy. They were going to be in the forest, you know. Yeah, because you know, just random cranes out in the forest. <laughs> yeah, if if you've learned anything from studying cryptids, it's always a fucking crane. Whether it's Mothman, the Jersey Devil. Or a hanging fucking munchkin. It's always actually a crane. Uh, I saw a lot of cranes at the zoo. <laughs> Did any of them hang themselves? No, but some looked like they wanted to. <laughs> well, my initial thoughts were just, man, people are fucking stupid. People really want to believe there's a dead munchkin, because that is so obviously a crane. And I would tell people this. People would bring it up, and I'd be like, no, there's not. It's a bird. And they'd be like, no, there's not, dude. I saw it. I swear it was a fucking munchkin hanging himself. Well, recently... I discovered there apparently is a different version out there that's at least viewable online. And this version very clearly looks like a person hanging themselves. And I saw that. I've seen both. 
well, so which one's the authentic original one? And I guess that's the debate, right? It's a very interesting story. But see, in the one where he's hanging himself, there's no bird. Yes. Um, so here's the thing. You see that. The story is that that is the image that's on VHS tapes before 1989. And after 1989, all the VHS tapes show a crane, a bird. So that's suspect. Yeah, it makes it seem like it was to cover it up. But then, no, because tapes are showing up before 1989 with the bird. But there's a lot of people that say, no, I've, I've seen this version on a tape. And this is the version that I have on a tape. So uh, With the munchkin? Yes. And they're all pre-1989 tapes. So, so that makes you think there was a munchkin suicide. And they covered it up, yeah, with a bird. And, until you find out that there are other there are other ones with the bird before 1989, and then it just gets kind of weird. Well, this guy analyzed both the tapes, and he found in the scene in the one that looks more like a person hanging themselves, you can see very very slightest bit of movement at the side of a tree to the left of it. Where is the bird? And. Yeah, it's barely noticeable. Even on zoom and slow motion, it's still barely noticeable until you play them side by side and you can tell, oh, it's the very, very tip of its wing when it's touching stretching. the corner of the tree. Yes, it so, doesn't even really protrude. It's just a tiny bit of movement at the corner of the tree. It just looks like the border of the tree changes on film, you know? Does that mean there was some sort of doctored? Yes, that means it was obviously doctored and they missed that in doctoring. Or there was a huge coincidence you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. In, in a glitch in, in poor tape. quality film. So that right makes it se- seem that the munchkin hanging was, was the doctor yes. one. It wasn't really a munchkin hanging. There are also a lot of people saying that could be a sandbag hanging and that it stirred up controversy so they removed it anyway. Like a sand- right. sometimes they hang sandbags to counterweight props such as trees and stuff in an indoor setting. Yeah. But obviously that was edited in. So the idea though... If there's people that actually do have this on VHS, there was some type of like large scale conspiracy, like flooding garage sales, thrift shops, pawn shops, bazaars, like with this fake tape that somebody doctored pretty damn well for the 80s. Yeah, I gotta say. Like, that's that's impressive. And for them to do that and spread it all over the country, I've talked to so many people that insisted they've seen it. And now I'm like, maybe they have. I. I but maybe, you know, yeah, maybe they have, but it was probably a doctored, the doctor tape and they just missed one, that one small spot where the crane Dude, stretches. That story is honestly more intriguing than believing a munchkin actually hung himself and no one on set noticed. And for 50 years after that movie was released, you no know, in noticed. any of the months of film editing, the body obviously would have been discovered. Nobody suggested changing the scene like for 50 years. Like that's, that's preposterous. Uh, it's obvious that Munchkin didn't actually hang himself. That rumor was also like encouraged by a lot of things Judy Garland said about how they drunk and rude they were. No, the a lot of the Munchkin actors. There was a lot of exaggerated accounts of drunken lechery and you know all this rambunctiousness. Well, on yeah. Their also, part. you got to think at the time, like they weren't exactly thought of as equal people. Yeah. And there was actually... And Judy Garland had a little drinking problem of her own, so I don't think she's one to throw stones over here. <laughs> I guess the cops were called because one munchkin tried to hit his wife or something like that. Who but, was also a munchkin. I don't they, know. They both but, played but munchkin no one parts. Themselves. Uh, what I wonder, too, was this rumor around before this fake tape? Or was it the fake tape that sparked the rumor? Or did this fake tape attempt to capitalize on the rumor? 
Did somebody actually see that bird in the background and think it was a munchkin hanging themselves? The world will never know. I don't think anybody could actually look at an obvious bird and be like, oh, is that a person hanging? Well, you got to think too. A lot of like low definition TVs back in the day too. Listen, didn't pick up just because like that. they didn't have. No, it's true. Even even on my VHS, it wasn't as clear as it can be seen now. You know, just because they didn't have 1080i doesn't mean that's any kind of excuse for resolution quality. Yes, it does. That's, I beg exact, that's exactly what that means. What, there's there's nothing else that could possibly mean. Ashton Kutcher. That means arguments over. That's Craig's easy out. Well, now that we've reached Kutcher levels, you know, much like comparisons to Hitler, the conversation ends once it reaches Ashton Kutcher. And uh, I think it's time for us to call a close on this one. So make sure you follow us on Facebook. Oh, please. Like us. Yes. It, it's it's Fairpoint really cool. Fairpoint Podcast. We, we beg you every episode, like, come to the Facebook. It's fucking awesome. you you got to check it out. And that's also the only way you're ever going to get in touch with us, so... You could always send us an email at fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. Just know the Facebook gets a lot more attention than the email address. Yes, it But does. we will see your email. Just maybe not as fast as we'd see a Facebook message, if you know what I'm saying. We'd still get back to you, too. If you just don't have a Facebook, you just don't have an email, you still want to see some other shit or communicate with us, you can always find us on YouTube, too. We might even check the messages on YouTube someday. <laughs> but the comments... Has that happened yet? the comments give us comments we'll see the comments we'll respond we'll, uh, absolutely um there's tons of little little uh clips from episodes so if you're not sure about us you like this episode but you think we're kind of stupid i mean i'm gonna tell you right now you're right but uh you know check it out check it out it's worth a check it's it's worth a you know it's worth a looky loo <laughs> well i give it a gander as always Subscribe on iTunes and uh, keep your eye on secretroommultimedia.com because uh, it's going to be up and running soon. And there's lots of cool stuff. Soon coming. meaning sometime in the future. Yeah. You know how things are. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude, we haven't done recommendations like three or four weeks. I mean, like, what's going on with that? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Um, I've I, kind of been feeling like it hasn't been necessary, to be totally honest. Maybe, maybe it doesn't fit in with the Maybe we don't have to do it every episode. Yeah, it might be a little pretentious to like every episode. Like, I mean, I guess, but people need to hear what we what we have to say and what we like. All right, Craig. Well, what what do you recommend to us today? Well, like I said, I've had this recommendation for a few weeks now. Damn it, tonight's the perfect night to to let it loose. I'm recommending the Angry Video Game Nerd. Oh, okay. Uh, you can check him out on his own website at www.cinemassacre.com. That's C-I-N-E, massacre. So like cinema. Yeah. Sacker. Sacker. So more like it's cinema S-S-A-C-R-E. <laughs> yes. That's another way to look at it. I guess. Um, I mean, if you don't know how to spell massacre. He's pretty huge on the internet. He's pretty awesome. Very explicit. Much more explicit than this podcast. Even. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I tell you what, like anytime I try to tell somebody about it, they've never heard him. Really? Yeah, I know so many people that have never heard of him. So Awesome. Well, I will go check out the Angry Video Game Nerd, who I've clearly never seen before. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. No problem. Uh, I guess, you know, I wasn't prepared with a recommendation, but now that you've sprung it on me, I'll uh, recommend a web series as well. Ooh. Uh, another very, very well-produced one that doesn't come out as often, but just like Angry Video Game Nerd, benefits greatly from... They have time from having time off and, and making sure that they're good quality yeah. ones. Uh, if you've ever seen Wheezy Waiter, he's not my recommendation. He's got a YouTube vlog, but he is a part of this. It's a series called Platoon of Power Squadron. 
Platoon of Power Squadron. Yes. Is this this is on uh, YouTube? It is on YouTube. They also have their own site, platoonofpowersquadron.com. I'm not going to uh, ask you to spell that. It's it's basically Platoon OF Power Squadron. So, so you're still trying to help them figure out how to yes, type it in. Totally, totally. It's pretty good. The, the production value is amazing. It's about these four roommates that have superpowers. Do they fight crime or do they well, basically not, just do day-to-day stuff with them? I honestly don't want to spoil that for you. Uh, check it out. Have you seen it, Craig? I have not. You will I, fucking I, love it. Well, it's I like Wheezy Waiter. Oh, and he's great. He's he's fucking awesome in it. It the, looked like you were having a flashback for he, a second. Wheezy Waiter has electric powers. So he's got like the girl, dark side? Yeah. The force? Like the emperor. Yeah. Um, there's a girl that can duplicate herself, and there's a girl that can freeze time, and there's a dude that has these vaguely defined mental powers that, that are more defined as you go on. Oh. Like a lot of shows, especially those of the online persuasion the first episode's not the best, but it, it picks itself up really, right. really well. It's like, got to find its ground. Episode three, fucking amazing. You'll and even hooked. a lot of web series, it takes longer than just that. You know, and this is a full length show. Like an episode's anywhere from like thirty to forty five minutes. It's really, great. yes, it's fucking amazing. I'll definitely have to check that out. And talking about all those superpowers just gave me a great idea for a future podcast. But you know, we'll discuss that Superpower later. Power podcast? Yeah, maybe some some variant I'm just of leave it. Us Leave us waiting. No, they can figure it out when it happens. Speaking of future podcasts, too, uh, before we close the episode out, I just wanted to uh, answer a request that we actually had on the Facebook page. First episode topic request. We we got a request for a Power Rangers topic. Yes, I know. I saw that on the Facebook, and I was like, cool. It's actually being used for something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're not going to let you down. We're definitely going to do that for you. Uh, here's the here's the deal. We actually did a Power Rangers episode. It's one of those fabled lost 16 or so episodes. It was fantastic. Uh, there was a hilarious gag with a Lady Gaga Rita at the end. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, my sister came down to The almost Voice. Almost forgotten podcast. That, of course, is lost. We don't want to just do the same thing again. So we're going to give you an episode, but with a twist. That Power Rangers episode will be coming out soon, but it won't exactly be a Power Rangers episode. Uh, stay tuned, keep an eye on us, and you'll see eventually. Oh, so you're going to leave them hanging too? Yes, and I'm going to Okay, at least I'm not the only one. Yes. <laughs> uh, we do have some really cool episodes planned for the next few weeks, though, so it's, so it's going to have to be put on the back burner, but it's coming soon. Uh, anyway, next week. <laughs> Holy shit! What, what? the Fuck. So, somebody's breaking into the secret room, There's Nathan. Hand, no one's supposed to know how to get here. Hey, this is going. Hey, this bearded man is scary. Uh, I was. Uh, I saw you guys. Uh, I was in your window There's and I saw you guys. Uh, saw you guys talking, and I heard you're giving recommendations. I that got a recommendation. Was glass. What, what the fuck? How did you see through I'm that? I'm sorry about the Craig, blood. I really the cut myself. <laughs> I really cut myself when I was going through that window. That's Forget the cops. Glass. Get a rag. We need to clean up this mess down here. It's going to attract beavers. Well, before the beavers come, uh, I just have a quick recommendation. You don't get a recommendation. Only we can make the recommendations. Do you think people really want to know what you have to say? Well, I mean, I, I, would, I don't know if they like what I have to say, but I think it's mandatory that they hear it. Well, I mean, that kind of sounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm starting to like this guy. Yeah, I like a cut of your jib. Sailor. <laughs> I, mean, I appreciate that. I, not many people appreciate the jib. All right. You have our blessing to give a recommendation to our listeners, but it better be as good as, if not better, than ours. This guy's totally off the radar. Up-and-coming stand-up comedian, Brandon Dyer. Who the fuck is Brandon that? Brandon Dyer. I am Brandon Dyer. 
I don't have a lot to do during the day, so I was just skulking around your neighborhood, saw you guys recording, and I've cut myself very badly. I need some medical attention. I will be here next week as the special guest. Uh, wait, oh, wait. You're just... Next no, week's our Meredith Baxter Bernie episode. We're never going to get to Meredith Baxter Bernie, are we? I'm going to just sleep right here under the desk until next week. He, he's I'm not sure, leaving, uh, Nathan. Steve Punk, Morgan Freeman, and Bosnian John Travolta will make room for you in the corner. All right, well... You heard it here. I can't next believe week. what's going on. Okay, we have a special guest next week. Apparently, his name's Brandon Dyer. He's he's definitely he's definitely interesting character here. So we'll see how that goes, huh? Yeah, tune in <laughs> next week. Um, I guess until next time from the secret room. I'm Nathan Capiser. I'm Craig Lewis, and I'm falling asleep because I'm losing a lot of blood. We're gonna get this guy in the ambulance. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> have a great week, guys. Good night. He could do for Ant Man what Kevin Smith did to did to <laughs> <laughs> He could do that too if he wanted.